Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah. The charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, we got a fun one for you here on Bench with Bub, episode 218, The Siege. CJ Kaltenbach of Arbor Pro joins me to recap the week five fantasy football action with some look ahead to week six, some uh, targets on the waiver wire, and much more. But before you do so, or after you listen, if you go give a rating review on iTunes, I'd really appreciate it. It would help the podcast out quite a bit and keep things moving in the right direction with Bench with Bubba. But with all that being said, welcome to Bench with Bubba, episode 218, with the siege, CJ Kaltenbach, recapping week five, fantasy football action. back everybody to bench with bubba episode 218 gonna recap your sunday or thursday and sunday of the fantasy football week five action on a monday here recap all the highlights a little look ahead to the week six action ahead of us in order to break it all down got a special guest first timer on the podcast it's good to have him on board here you can find them on twitter at the siege dfs he's the ceo of arbor pro cj kaltenbach the siege how we doing man i'm great man how are you Good, good. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on here and talk a little football, and uh, maybe we'll do this a little more often in the future. Sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Sweet, sweet. Well, before we get started, why don't you plug Arbor Pro and all the good stuff you guys got going on? Yeah, so uh, we've got uh, our standard uh, season-long content. Uh, got Nelson Sousa uh, and some other high-stakes uh, uh, NFFC, FFPC high-stakes guys helping out with season-long. Um, so, you know, just plugging away with the waivers and 
the tricks of the trade. Uh, it's amazing how much better I have gotten, even just doing it kind of as a quasi hobby uh, with their expertise. So I uh, really encourage you guys to check it all out. Sweet. Yeah, everybody go check it out, arborpro.com. But let's recap the week here. It was a wild week. Sunday, if anybody hung out on Twitter, was full tilt galore if you weren't on like six players. Otherwise, it was a, it was a long weekend for you. We'll start with the Thursday night action, though, before we hit Sundays. Seahawks 30, Rams 29. It was a fun Thursday night football game siege, and it kind of was like a tale of two games. You had the Rams kind of struggling to keep it going, and the Seahawks, Russell Wilson just being a magician out there, Chris Carson doing his thing. Russell Wilson just keeps getting it done. He's becoming more and more in touch with, with TJ Lockett. You got Will Disley doing his thing. Are you buying into this Seahawks offense now? Because, you know, preseason, many people weren't. And maybe Chris Carson, but the, the the passing game people did not like. Are you good with this Seahawks team going forward? My problem is nothing has never been anything with the players. I think the players are wonderful. I still have exactly zero confidence in that coaching staff to air it out. Like, I, I just, like Russell Wilson's just so good. They should be throwing play action like every time. But I just don't trust the coaching staff. So for me, it's still like I guess if you have Disley, Lockett, and Carson, you're playing them, and they should be fine. But there's going to be that game where they're just going to send you into full-on blown tilt. Well, yeah, because I've been a diehard Carson fan. Uh, draft season now when he's having the fumbling issues, I was panicking like crazy. And they've still proven that they're sticking with them. And this last week was a great example because Penny was back, and they still let Carson run wild. So I'm hoping that's there. Like you said, the one thing with this team is, it seems week to week they're so game script dependent. It changes every week with these guys. There's really no cut and dry offense with the, the Seahawks. So it will be interesting to see how that goes moving forward. On the Rams side of things, a couple things to talk about here. Brandon Cook slept early. He's in the concussion protocol right now. We're still a ways away from the weekend. He, there's a chance he might not play. And I know we, this came up a lot last year, Siege, when certain receivers in the Rams were out, especially when Cup was out for a while. Like John, uh, Reynolds comes into play and a couple other guys. Do you have any in- interest, say, waiver wire this week on acquiring one of these Rams receivers? Or are you just going to stick with the the Cups and the Woods of the world and Hope Cooks plays? Well, I think the biggest waiver priority is probably Gerald Everett, uh, the tight end. He, he's really kind of emerged as a big part of this offense. Uh, I know that Goff's thrown like 118 times over the last two weeks. So, like, the counting numbers are going to be skewed a little high for him. But the percentage of snaps played, percentage of snaps run, I think it's like 80%. He's running a route on snaps. Uh, so he'd probably be the top priority. I like Josh Reynolds. I'm a Josh Reynolds truther. I think he's pretty good. And I think he'll take over as kind of the number three, number four option. Nice bench option to have with the bye weeks coming up, but it's not someone you're really going to be wanting to start in a flex. But, you know, pinching a bye week, I think he could definitely service that role in the next few weeks. And that, that's an important part because we are about to start hitting bye weeks big time. Like the first two weeks, it was only two teams. We're about to start hitting some of those big weeks. We're going to be plugging in some interesting names into your lineups uh, pretty soon. Last part on this game, Todd Gurley, second straight week we got you two touchdowns. I was honestly surprised they worked him that hard only a couple days from a, a removed from a, a game on a Sunday with all the concerns with his knees. You know, the Sunday before that against the Rams, I mean against the Bucks, it was kind of a – a wishy-washy workload for him. Didn't run the ball a lot. Big in the passing game. This past week got like 15 carries. Decent amount of, of work in the, the passing game. Are you good just running Gurley out there every week now? Like, are you Because there was a lot of talk of people concerned about his workload. 
Yeah, I mean, I was definitely on that boat. I think until you see some signs of them starting to cut it back down a little bit, I think you can just roll them out there. But, I mean, you have to think that they're just trying to clinch things early just to sit them because, I mean, it, this is basically what they did last year. They ran him in the ground, and then come when they actually needed him in January or February, he was done. So I, I, I hope they have a better plan than that because – I mean, we know the knee is real. It's not like this fake injury that the player just was overhyping. We know the injury is real, and it can flare up at any time. So, I mean, you have to start him now, but don't just be like, oh, Todd Gurley is not going to be an issue come those money weeks because it absolutely could become an issue later on. Yeah, I'm with you. It was, it's going to be interesting to see what they keep doing. There will be some dud weeks there for sure. Let's head to Sunday. Ravens go into Pittsburgh, win 26-23, but it was – it was a typical AFC North, just Bruce Fest, Mason Rudolph, out cold, concussion protocol. I would be shocked if he played this week after the, the hit he took. And Devlin Hodges out of Sanford University came in and actually looked quasi-competent there, Siege. With Hodges under center most likely this week, we've seen Samuels get used more out of the backfield in the Wildcat. You have Connors there. But like we saw Juju finally get used this week, 7 for 75 and a score. Are you good with this offense, even with Hodges possibly under center? Yeah, I think I just saw that Hodges will start with Paxton Lynch backing him up. I think as I was doing some research, I saw that. I can't 100%. I think maybe they they could have been assuming that he's out, but let's be real. They're, they're not playing him this week. Yeah. That, that hit was like – like you were legitimately worried for him for a while there. Um, I'm not sure what you're going to do with all the bye weeks, right? Like if you have Juju and James Conner, like – you're playing them. You're not going to really have a better option. So, I mean, as much as I maybe am a little pessimistic on the offense, it's also not really something that's actionable either. You're going to have to start those guys and kind of hope that maybe your opinion on the offense just is slightly wrong. Yeah, I'm with you there. And, and you know, Juju many is kind of 50-50 last week. Do you start him or not? Because we haven't seen them throw the ball down the field with Rudolph, and he, he goes out. So I think they're just – as these young quarterbacks get more comfortable in the offense, they'll let the – the leash kind of off them and let them use the toys that they have on the Ravens side of things. Now you have Lamar Jackson who the last few weeks has started to look much more pedestrian is not the word, but not an elite, you know, straight into the hall of fame quarterback. Like people wanted to crown him to start the season. And with that being said, like Mark Andrews, he kind of comes back a little bit, still had a good week, but Hollywood Brown is a name that everybody loves, air yards this, air yards that, and it's all true. But he's really taken a step back, and he's you know banged up after this past week, so he might be out. What's your thoughts with, with Lamar Jackson kind of going forward with Brown and company? Because they've taken a step back, like I was saying. Yeah, I'm not really one of the guys that's been on the Ravens offense to begin with, even during like the what I guess we can call like the glory two weeks where people were ready to crown them kings of the world. I still was worried and I, I'm still worried now. I, I don't really think that like he's, I think he's nothing. Like if you told me like he's that much better than Jameis Winston, I'd probably have a problem with it. Like, I think that's where he is right now and probably will be the whole season. I, I just, you know, these injuries are starting to pile up for the Ravens. Um, you know, they just don't have like a number one. They, they just needed a number one to kind of just be like, all right, Lamar, you're in trouble. Go to this guy. And he just doesn't have it. And I think that's still their biggest problem. So Again, like, what are you going to do? Like, you're starting Lamar Jackson. You're starting Mark Ingram. You're starting Mark Andrews if he plays. And he looks like he will. He came back. 
Yeah. But other than that, it's you can find something better than Marquise Brown right now, hobbled and injury ridden, or Miles Boykin or Willie Sneed. They're just rotating too many guys. Just you don't really need to go there. Yeah, I'm with you. It's it's been a headache there for sure, and it'll be fun this week because they're at home for Cincinnati, so they'll blow the roof off the place, and everybody get excited again. And then week seven, they'll come back down to earth. It's going to be a fun little wave that takes place in DraftKings. I just barely peeked at their pricing before uh, we started, and they've already priced all the Ravens up. So that'll be fun come this weekend. Let's go Bills-Titans. This was not a pretty game at all. I guess the biggest takeaway is Josh Allen was back. He kept doing Josh Allen things, not fancy, but gets the job done. Derrick Henry, 20 carries is always nice. The Bills are 4-1. and one. I don't have a lot on this game. Did you have any takeaways from the Bills and the Titans? Duke Williams taking over the number two wide receiver spot was the only thing I had here of note. Um, he okay. ran 80 plays on 80%, and Zay Jones played one snap. So it uh, looks like that job's Duke Williams uh, for now. And uh, he's running back eligible over at NFC if uh, NFC, oh, wow. if that's your, your thing. Oh, I'm not wow, sure what if I really good. want to start a wide receiver in a running back spot, but <laughs> just of note, if you're trying to find him, that's where he is. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting that uh... – He's stuck at running back on an FFC. Very interesting, but good thing to point out there. And that that's good because Josh Allen is throwing the ball a little more this year with more accuracy than normal. So that is good to actually have a piece of this offense because outside of this week, they've been actually clicking a little better of late. Patriots, Redskins, domination, as you would expect. It was kind of slightly concerning early on. It was a lot closer than I think people would have wanted it to be, but they took over in the second half. Sony Michelle had a pretty good game. Edelman went bananas. It's pretty much what you'd expect in this game. But I don't know. Do you have any grasp? Like, this is a a pretty loaded question because I don't think anybody has a a strong grasp on it. But they have so many weapons in this offense. Like, Edelman, you pretty much start every week. But what else do you do with the rest of, like, the running backs and receivers? Oh, boy, it's a mess. I mean, I've been on record saying I think the Patriots are saving James White for the playoffs. And I, I think his snap count even in this game really just kind of helped, like, proves that point. Like, they were playing Brandon Bolden in passing snaps. Like, he caught, like, a 29-year wheel, wheel route. And it's just like, all right, like, the Pats are just trying to baby James White. Like, it, that's it. Um, you know, I'm not sure what you're going to do about it at this point, but, like, you really have to start evaluating whether he's still a flexible option. Um, I, I, I think you would have to really strongly consider not starting him if he's only going to get 8 to 10 touches a game instead of his, you know, 14 to 16 he was getting last year. Um, you know, sure sure looks like the Patriots are just trying to manage through the injuries. Like Edelman's still hurt. Dorsett got hurt in this game. Um, you know, the Pats didn't activate Ben Watson today because uh, they didn't have a roster spot. Um, you know, they, everyone's like, they need a wide receiver. If they don't get one with the trade deadline, don't forget, Nikhil Harry is eligible to come off IR after week eight. He can start practicing in week six. I've literally, I'm a Pats fan. And I have been scouring the internet to find anything on him. And I have seen absolutely nothing. So just to keep an eye on that, like he could magically show back up and practice starting next week. And if he does, I would want to be grabbing him for a dollar or two before anyone does. Cause he could be that red zone threat. Everyone's looking for. Yeah. That wouldn't shock me. They spent a, dra- a pretty high draft pick on him for a reason. So that's definitely in play. And then just watch Patriots doing Patriots things. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is on the trade block. They'll go pick him up or something, and you'll you'll have a nice little toy for you there as well. So we'll see how that goes. On the Redskins side of things, Jay Gruden fired on Monday morning. No surprise to many on that one. That was pretty much coming any day now. But 
reports coming out they want to run the ball more, which maybe helps AP out. Uh, a lot of weird things here. You got Dwayne Haskins. They're going into Miami this weekend. It's the perfect time to start the rookie. What's your thoughts here in Washington? Because usually outside of McLaren, it's really tough to trust anybody here. Yeah. Um, uh, F1 is like the only guy I have any trust in. Um, but they actually came out this afternoon and, and said that Dwayne Haskins won't start. So oh, Wow. Um, I, I think they never really wanted to play him. I, I mean, without – they just have no offensive line. They don't need this to turn into Robert Griffin 2.0. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, you just got to trade Trent Williams. He's never coming back. Stop being stubborn. But we're talking about the Redskins organization here, so I shouldn't <laughs> be any surprised there. But, yeah, uh, other than F1, like, I, I just don't know how you could realistically play any Redskins, even against the Dolphins. Like, I've heard some AP buzz. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's yeah, tough yeah. to trust. That, that really feels like you're asking for it. Yeah, it's tricky. It's real tricky because Colt McCoy, he's been good in the well, – good. He's had his moments in the past, I should say. But, like, yesterday was – there was no moments. It was but just it's the past defense. The past defense just might be that good. Like, well, I, I know everyone dismissed the, the schedule. But, like, yeah. if you go look at the talent, the problem was the pass rush. And once you realize that the pass rush is going to be good, it's like now you have uh, Gerard Mayo calling the plays for, for – um, Jamie Collins and Hightower, and you have, like, four really good corners and two really good safeties. Like, this team just might be really, really loaded. No, and I like the defense. I think the defense is legit. I think they're very, very good. I was just figuring, you know, you see it anywhere, but maybe this is because it's the Patriots' way. It's a little different. Usually at the end of a blowout, you might get a drive or two of garbage time, at least maybe not scoring touchdowns, but, you know, a little productivity out there. And there was none of that. <laughs> like, did not happen at all. So maybe, you know, tip, it could be Patriots' way as we're not given until the clock hits 60. So th- that could definitely have changed things. So we'll see. But I'm with you there. It, it's tough. You know, F1, Chris Thompson and PPR a little bit. But it, it's it's sloppy. Sloppy to say the least there. Uh, let's go to what was one of the, the more fun games on the slate. Jags at Panthers. You, know, you had Minshew versus Allen. You had Fournette versus CMC. And CMC wins 34-27, and he was just a monster. I know he got banged up at the end of the game, but I have not seen anything that's, you know, screams too loudly unless you saw something, Siege. But I was looking hard yesterday because I have him in a few leagues, and I would have been devastated to lose him. But it looks like he was – he got banged up. It should be okay. Uh, you got CMC. You got Fournette. Two awesome uh, games there. But DJ Shark is the one guy I really want to ask you about here. Uh, Minshew likes him quite a bit. Shark has balled out week in and week out. So, A, do you have anything on CMC? And then, B, what's your thoughts on Shark? Because right now he seems to have a very healthy floor with a good ceiling. Yeah, he was taking post-game photos on the field with Fournette, so I think we're going to be okay there. Yeah. Um, I'm not too worried. It certainly didn't look like anything long-term, if it, even if he does happen to miss a week. I think that would be kind of the ceiling. Um Maybe it makes sense to almost set him this week, save him the flight to London, you know, and then uh, get the buy, and then you don't have to really ever worry about it. Don't think they'll go, don't go that way. Kind of a get him through the game, then he's got the buy. But worth noting, uh, Bonifant, of course, I think needs to be owned in every league until we know one way or another on that. Um, Sharks wide receiver five in PPR is ridiculous, crazy. And it's like every time I see his name. I got baby shark stuck in my head now. Someone did it you to me. You and me both. Paper. It's miserable. Oh, it's so miserable. And he has to be good. And you're just like, 
why didn't I draft him everywhere as soon as someone told me this? Like, I knew that, like, this oh, it can never, it never leaves your head. So, therefore, he has to be good. Oh, <laughs> this is so frustrating. Uh, but I think it's going to be real. I think D.D. Westbrook's been playing better. But I think I just noticed a lot of teams just really focusing coverage on him uh, underneath, you know, leaving a safety on him uh, for double coverage. Have to wonder when they're going to try to just double shark and, and let D.D. beat you over the middle. I think someone's going to try it in these one of these upcoming weeks. Um, so I think there will be a regression game for Sharks at some point, but I don't know if you're going to be able to predict it pretty easily. Just kind of got to know what's coming at some point. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense to have it coming eventually. It's just hard to predict. And with Menchu, he seems like one of those, you know, Favre types where he doesn't really care if there's double coverage. He's going to throw into a tight window if he sees it. Like he's just going to wing it around there. So it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out, but I'm with you. I think, I think a big DD week might come with some Menchu regression, uh, a common topic that's been out there these days. And I kind of thought it was kind of hogwash for the most part, but I can see the argument for it. Do you think as well as Menchu has been playing that Nick Foles can have trouble getting his, uh, his starting job back? I mean, they have a ton of money owed to him. I'm not exactly sure what they're going to do. It's kind of my thought. Yeah. I mean, out of curiosity, this would never actually happen. But what, what what could you get for Gardner Minshew right now? Yeah, hey, your Patriots have been good about, you know, guys that have a couple good backup starts and, and throwing them out there. I and bet if they – them out of town. Yeah, I bet you there's teams – heck, um, look at the Redskins. They could use a quarterback right now. Uh, I don't know what how they'd be for trading partners. That would really be miserable. But I bet you they can get something for them. I'd say third or fourth rounder maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think it would take a two for me to give him up. But, like, imagine turning a sixth rounder into a two. Just for, like, That's a huge. few weeks. Jags fans would go nuts. It never would actually happen. But it's just worth noting that, like, again, like, this guy was a sixth rounder. Let's, you know, calm down. He's not just going to take over the league by storm. Yep, I'm with you. I, I find it hard to believe after they gave Foles that deal. But, hey, we've seen stranger things in the NFL, like a, a Tom Brady, for instance. So, um Let's go Jets-Eagles on this one. Eagles, pure domination. Adam Gase uh, is a just horrible, horrible head coach. He's just a joke of a head coach. But the Eagles just kind of walked through this one. One of the big things that came out of a post-game or even this morning's uh, press conferences is they basically said Jordan Howard is the lead back. They want to give him even more carries. A, does this interest you even more on Jordan Howard? And B, if you're a Miles Sanders owner, how do you feel about this? Jordan Howard's on one of my primetime teams, and he has yet to leave my bench. Um, and I keep looking at him because I have Joe Mixon in the RB2 slot, and I'm just like, can I really, you know, do this? Is this where we're at? Like, <laughs> oh, boy, I yep. just can't try. I just, boy, I feel like the moment I take him off the bench, that's the Miles Sanders 25 carry game. But again, we've seen this. Like, this is what the Philly staff wants to do. They like their veterans. They like rotating guys, you know. And as much as people in the pre- preseason one to hype up Miles Sanders, it's different. You know, it's really hard for coaches sometimes to just get out of their trends and what makes them feel comfortable. And I think that's what we see here. And I'm not sure that's going to really change. And it seems like they're still using Miles Sanders in the passing game. So it makes it tough to just completely. Go away from it, but it's it's tough. And when you hear the coach speak like that after five weeks of football, it's kind of discerning to say the least. Uh, Sam Darnold has a chance to be back this week. He, if not, he'll be back for week seven for sure. But week six, he could be back. With him back, we know this offense is a completely different offense. 
might not like set the world on fire, but Robbie Anderson looks better. Um, you know, Le'Veon Bell is going to be Lev Bell. There's no hiding that. They got their tight end coming back. There's weapons there to be had. Do you have any interest in like Darnold and company from a fantasy perspective? Because they might be on the waiver wire right now because people gave up on them. Chris Herndon, too, coming back, which was a really nice weapon for them down the stretch last year as well. I, I think that I'm just going to hold out on the Jets. Like, if I need to use them as a fill-in, I won't be scared, but I'm not actively attempting to play the Jets. Um, you know, Adam Gase is still a bad head coach, as you mentioned uh, accurately. So, for me, it's a situation of if I need to, great. If I don't, even better. Yeah, that makes sense. A good bye week fill-ins. Good fill-ins when they got to play the Dolphins, stuff along those lines. You, you can have weapons there. Are we sure the Jets are better than the Dolphins? No, but I think both of them suck enough that it's either going to be an ugly Cardinals-Bengals suck bowl or it's going to be just, just craziness one way or the wow. other. I can't wait. Is that game next? Cause, uh, no, this, well, we're going to talk about that one yeah, right now. Cardinals-Bengals. Cardinals went 26-23, field goal to end it uh, as time was expiring in that one for the Cardinals. So the Bengals stay 0-5. Cardinals pick up their first W. And this is just was such a frustrating game. I know you played DFS and the 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 lines the, the, it lined up for offensive fun. It kind of did towards the end. It it kind of didn't at the same time. So let's pick this one apart a little bit here because there's a few things to talk about. Like DJ has a good game in the backfield, but we were confused because Chase Edmonds running wild, and then we get reports after the game that DJ's back was really really messed up. Like he could barely move and stand up, and he kept coming back in the game because that's great coaching. And then he could barely get on the flight home. It was bad. Like, it sounds he might have issues this week playing unless they give him the right shots. So if DJ's out, let's start with this one. How valuable is Chase Edmonds for you? Yeah, he's an RB1 immediately in that offense. Um, So, I mean, that's tough. I mean, I think I have him everywhere I have DJ, or most places I have DJ. I'm really – I had a ton of DJ across all formats, and I I, I know – I don't really normally handcuff in those formats, but he was going late enough. I just kind of was like, even if it's two or three weeks, I miss DJ and I can get Edmonds. Like, great. Um, it sure sounds like Edmonds is going to start this week, didn't it? Like, that sure didn't that sure didn't sound like that he was going to play, uh, which is really unfortunate because this is one of the better matchups uh, against the Falcons' defense for DJ. Um, but yeah, if Chase Edmonds starts, like, you're just playing him everywhere uh, this week. Um, but again, the air. The, this is just poor, like the Cliff Kingsbury just hasn't figured out how to call plays in the red zone. And we're talking about thirty-five percent red zone touchdown percentage. Like that's just horrific. Like I think the league average is like sixty-two percent, and it's just like you're not even close. So I mean, it looks like I think people are almost underrating the Arizona offense just because of how poor they've been in the red zone. I think that changes eventually. So I, I'm not panicking yet. I'm obviously. It's not what I thought it was going to be, but I'm not in the like, oh, they're doomed and they should fire Kingsbury camp. Yeah, and I'm with you because I think I saw a stat. The Arizona kicker has kicked like 17 field goals now or attempted 17, which tells you you just how much they're stalling out, like you're saying. And a lot of them are in like inside the, the 10 to 15 range. So it's been really, really rough there for the offense. But what that does tell you, kind of what you're hinting at there, is they are moving the football. They're moving up the field. They're just not finishing things. And, you know, Kyler Murray, he, he threw for 253 yesterday, but it was the second straight week that his legs were much more involved in moving the football, which is a valuable thing, as we know, for fantasy quarterbacks until they get hit too many times. So there is stuff to like there in Arizona. They should hopefully get Kirk back here in the next week or two, which will help. 
because Fitz kind of had a down week. But when you don't have Kirk opposite of him, you can focus on Fitz, try to let the other young bucks beat you. So it works out there. Let's talk Cincinnati. Okay, Tyler Boyd, he went off with no Ross. That was huge. Andy Dalton looked Andy Dalton like usual. Joe Mixon almost runs for 100 yards. This is one of those bad football teams, Siege, that has too many fantasy viable pieces to at least lure you in week in and week out. Are you on the same page with me there? Yeah. I, I actually don't think they're giving Joe Mixon the football enough. Oh, no. I, I really think that's not. kind of the problem. Yeah. They're trusting Andy Dalton too much. And that's my take. Like I feel like, I feel like they should be running more screens for Mixon and more more plays for Mixon because he looks good. And I'm just like, they get in the red zone, and then they would just throw three times at Andy Dalton. And I'm like, hi, don't you remember the whole reason how you got down the field? Yep. It's me. It's Joe Mixon. I'm really good. I get it. You don't want me to play really, really well because you don't want me to be franchise me or next year, and you don't want me to hold out. But how about you try to win a game first, right? Mm-hmm. I'm oh, with you. Boy, I, I, I'm like I mentioned, like Howard versus Mixon to me. I've been, I've been just not having the conversation with myself. I'm like, you drafted Mixon in the second round. He's not leaving your lineup. This is the first week I think I'm going to have to really have that like real conversation with myself. Like, do I really need to bench? Mixon uh, for Jordan Howard. Like, oh, boy, that's just not good. It's just not yeah. a conversation I want to be having. And I'm with you. I got Mixon in a couple of my leagues, and it's been tough. Like, every week I do the same thing. It's like, okay, these options on the bench might be better. But then I'm like, okay, no, we're going to do it. And it kind of, I figured this would have been the week. And, you know, 19 for it 93, should it should have been huge. And it was it was okay, but it wasn't huge at all. It was frustrating. Like, is he ever going to get a touchdown? Like, that's the thing. It's just like the lack of touchdowns is what's killing him. Yep, I'm with you. It's uh, very tilting. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see if they're uh, – they're, well, it's a new head coach. You'd imagine making through the season, but already 0-5, losing at home to the Cards and getting beat up by some uh, the Niners at home. That was, that was a, It's been a rough go for the Bungles, to say the least. Um, when we talk about bad teams, let's talk about the Falcons. Falcons at the Texans. Texans win 53-32. to This is another one of those teams with the, with the Falcons. I talked about it on a couple shows last week. They're so bad that they're fantasy good. Like Matt Ryan literally has so many pass attempts. He gets you like 20-plus points a week. Um, you have Julio who had a down week because Ridley showed up. Sanu's consistent. Hooper's been very good. This offense is sneaky fun when it comes to fantasy goodness. How do you approach these things, though? Because, you know, every week when we do DFS and everything, it's, it's a Julio week. Or, no, Ridley's finally showing up. Or no, let's go to Hooper, but you can't really trust Hooper because he's never really shown up full time. There's all those arguments that you I mean, you probably hear as well. How do you attack this Falcons receiving core? Oh boy, yeah. Um, I mean, seasonal is great. You just start them all, and you just don't really think about it. Uh, yeah. DFS is tough. Um, I, I really admit, I really didn't think the Falcons were going to try to get in a shootout with the Texans. I thought that was a kind of a, a bad idea. And it really turned out to be a horrible idea for them, but they did it anyways. Uh, so as you can imagine, my DFS week was not good uh, when you decide to fade this game. Um, yeah, not, not not good when Will Fuller has like 150 fantasy points. Um, not not that far off either, it felt like. Um, I think the Falcons are going to be stacking against the Falcons the rest of the way. Um, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see the next week against Arizona what they do because – if they're without DJ, I mean, that's not going to help their red zone efficiency at all. So it's like, what do you want to do after that? I mean, are you really going to trust Arizona's red zone efficiency in a spot like that? So, oh boy, that that's going to be tough. Um, 
But yeah, you start the Falcons and the Texans are you're playing your Texans, but this offense isn't this good. It's hit or miss. They do this every year. They have the week where they score 50, and then next week they score like 15 again because Bill O'Brien decides to run Carlos Hyde up the middle 25 times. So after the I'm week, not getting too excited. After the week, Fuller just had 14 for 217, three scores, almost had two more touchdowns, tackled up the one. What are you trying to acquire to trade right now? Because I think you, I think you got to see where I'm going with that. Is he'll have these games, but he'll also have like the four previous weeks way more often. Oh, I don't know what I, what, I don't even know what you could get. Yeah, I'm not even sure. Like, could you even get that draft day value back? Yeah, probably not. Because what was he going with? Fourth round, maybe. Fifth round, sixth round. Yeah. Like, I don't think you're getting Lockett for him. I don't think you're getting maybe Robert Woods. But do you really want to do that? I probably, probably not. Yeah, probably not. But maybe it's one of those deals where you need a running back. Would you trade him for Joe Mixon? Oh yeah. Okay. See. I'm not. I'm not done with the Mixon. I'm not done with Mixon. Yet. <laughs> I'm going. That's a ship that I am sinking with, and it could be, uh, you know, there. It could be Titanic level, and I'd just be like, I'm singing from the top. I believe in you, Joe Mixon. <laughs> yeah. No. So that's why. Yeah. We'll have to kind of see how that one goes. I, I love Fuller. I'm a big Fuller fan. I just know that this is um, definitely like I know it's just Captain Obvious the ceiling, folks. Like you do not accept. Yeah, it's only like the eighth or ninth highest scoring game in the, in yeah. fantasy history. Yeah, I, it's like, I think it's getting back yeah. out of that. But it's, it's just because people have been you know victory lapping Central as you've probably seen. So it's oh. been it's been fun, been fun. Um, I just played with two percent on the fire prior three weeks to boot too. So it was really just kind of just throw salt on like a ocean cut or something. It was bad. Just for fun. We don't have to go deep into this, though, because it's an argument that I've had with a few, and I just want your opinion on it. Did you actually – were you one of the ones that are saying that Fuller was a smart cash game play? Yes. He, I, I, I didn't play him in tournaments. I faded him in tournaments I just because it's Will Fuller in tournaments. Like, he can put up two or he can put up, like, 55, which you I would have said metaphorically, but now apparently <laughs> now it's possible. <laughs> right. Um but I, I think you had to have him in cash at that price, given the situation. I, I, I personally thought that, like, if I had played cash and I didn't, but if I had people ask me advice and I was like, yeah, you have to play Wolf Fuller. Like, he might put up two and you might get grumpy about it, but he's going to be like 60% on the last thing you need him to do is put up 30 and you lose because you got stubborn on Wolf Fuller. Yeah, you at least got a block. He's, he, he's the too other. good of a talent to be stubborn about. Yeah, yeah, against the right. against the Falcons defense, it's tough. To right? Yeah, kind of like Michael Thomas, same situation. It's like he's just too talented. He can't be that stubborn. Yeah, the Thomas price that was one that I I was the second I saw that price, I was like, if you guys don't play Michael Thomas, just stop playing cash. That's I was, yeah, I I was pissed at the price because I would have played him at eighty six hundred last week. Yeah, really, exactly. Buccaneers defense, folks. Come on. Oh. Um. Last question on this Texans Falcons game. Darren Fells found the end zone two times, and I know tight ends is is ugly. But this is like the second or third game where we've seen Watson in the red zone go to his tight ends. Fells has three touchdowns. You have another tight end's got a couple. It's Atkins. spread out. So Atkins, yes. It's spread out, so it's not like consistently good. But with bye weeks coming up, do these guys have any like do they have your attention at all? Do you have a magic eight ball to tell me which one's <laughs> touchdowns with me? <laughs> no, I got a dartboard. I just pray that I hit the right spots. Yeah, I'm I'm not really in any leagues where I am that desperate at tight ends, so I, I don't think I'm going to have to go down that rabbit hole. I, I grabbed Jack Doyle a couple weeks ago where I knew I had buys coming yes. up. So Doyle's a good ad, and you already mentioned Gerald Everett earlier. Go grab Gerald Everett. He's probably out there in a lot of places. So Yeah, he's going to be. I think that's not a fluke. 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. They, they've been definitely incorporating them more, so I like that quite a bit. Buck Saints, we were just talking Michael Thomas. He went bananas. But there's another guy that I've noticed lately you've been tweeting about quite a bit, and it seems like we might be on the same page on one Chris Godwin, who I have in basically every league this season. It sounds like you were a big Chris Godwin fan as well. And all this dude does is beast out. Do you think Chris Godwin is better than Mike Evans right now when it comes to fantasy? Yes, and I think it's simply because that three-touchdown game was probably the best thing that could have happened to Godwin. Remember how I was just talking about how DJ Chark's going to get doubled eventually and they're going to try to go to D- – someone will go to DD. Someone – they tried that in week – what week did Evans go off? Week two? And uh, it was whatever the week they were in. Uh, oh, yes, yes, week two. You are correct. No, it was week three. Three, three, three. It was three. week three. Yeah, week yeah. three. Week three. And it's so – but then, like, he goes for three touchdowns and a half for a million points. And it's like, okay, well, now I know that Chris Godwin's never going to see a number one corner again. Like – like that, that's not going to happen again. Like Mike Evans made sure that doesn't happen. So like he's basically a wide one talent facing second corners in a league that doesn't have enough corners. Um, and I was just looking at his matchups and it's like the hardest one he's got left is this Sunday in London. And even that, like, you know, we just saw shark go bonkers and it's like, okay. And DD wasn't even that bad. And it's like, all right, after that, it's like, actually I have it still up in front of me. It's uh, Titans, Seahawks, Cardinals, Saints, Falcons, Jaguars, Colts, Lions, Texans, and Falcons. Find me a bad secondary in there. Find me a good secondary there. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. That's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty uh, not great. So very interesting stuff there. Um, on the New Orleans side of things, Teddy Bridgewater over 300 yards. Did not see that one coming. Not many did. Uh, it was pretty wild. And apparently more more did than I thought. But uh, I, I expected a good game, but not that kind of Teddy game, not that efficiently. Are we buying into Teddy or just strictly the Buccaneers we're playing? It's like a flow chart. Are you playing the Bucks? You will throw yes. a lot of times. I, I just wasn't sure if Sean Payton was going to be stubborn and try to run the ball against this Tampa day. But, but that front four is just so good. You're not going to be able to run the football. Like yeah. Every game Tampa's in should be a shootout. Because you can't run against them, and you can throw against them. So it's just prime shootout material. Yeah, I'm with you. It's great for a fantasy. Fantasy goodness all over the place in this one. All right, let's head across the pond to London. Raiders win 24-21. This was wild. Up 17-0 at the half. The Bears came back, took the lead. I figured they were just going to run away with it. They didn't. Really weird game. But Josh Jacobs, 26 carries, 123 yards, two touchdowns. Basically, the two games where the Raiders kind of had control this year, Jacobs has been huge. Otherwise, it's been kind of suspect. What's your thoughts on Josh Jacobs going forward? That? <laughs> in a good game flow, it's going to be great. And if he's in a bad game flow, it's not. And we kind of saw him get dinged up. Can he handle the workload? I'm not sure he can. So, you know, I, I think if you're in a deeper league, DeAndre Washington's worth the ad. We saw him miss some time in this game. And um, when he did so, it was all Washington. So, um, I, I think that that's clearly the situation moving forward if something wants to happen to Jacobs. So, um, but yeah, I'm not, I don't own Jacobs anywhere. So really not a situation I think we have to ever deal with. Yeah. I don't know Jacobs either. I've always been like, when I get my running backs, I try to have PPR upside. Jacobs just doesn't have that for me, at least not yet. So I, I just never grabbed onto him there on the flip side of this one, Chase Daniel, I guess he wasn't horrific, but he was not great. He was I guess the Raiders defense. Yes. Okay. For against Raiders defense, he was horrific. Yes. Uh, should have been much, much better. Allen Robinson got fed seven for 97 and two scores. Other than that, though, it was bad. Uh, Daniels, 
it's either Daniels or I believe Bray might be starting this week, and it hasn't been officially announced yet. I heard Bray's name a few times in press conferences today, so that'll be interesting. But um, do you have – are you staying away from this Bears pass passing attack with either one of these guys? Or like I said, Robinson still got his. You have to play Robinson. And anyone who wants Tyler Bray to be quarterback never, ever, ever watched him at Tennessee. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> There's no way that you watch him at Tennessee and go, you know what I want? I want him quarterbacking my NFL team. Yeah, yeah no, I'm with you. It's, it's, it's a rough go there for sure. But um, – what about uh, David Montgomery? It's ugly, ugly with him. I, I, it's kind of one of those, I, I kind of want to tout the Armour Pro fade list. He was right there at the very top of said fade list. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, kind of bluntly what we expected. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much. You know, like, just I just don't trust. I have a rookie running back flow chart where it's like in April, everyone gets excited. In May, they look great in rookie training camp. In June, they look great without pads. They look great in July without pads, and the ADP flies, and then they have to try to pass block. And then it all goes downhill from that. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. And uh, it, so, yeah. Um, I mean, if you own them, you're starting them, but you, you, you're probably hating your teams at that, at that point because uh, yeah. you don't pay off that price. Yeah, where you had to draft them at, definitely not coming back in the right price for you. Few more games to go here. Vikings at the Giants. Uh, it was the whole greasy wheel got its uh, got its fix this week. It was kind of the chatter all week. Are uh, Thielen's comments or Diggs' comments going to make anything happen? And facing the Giants doesn't suck. That helps for sure. But Cousins threw for over 300 yards, two touchdowns to Thielen. Thielen seven for 130. Cook still had 21 for 132. Fumbled at the goal line. He could have had another score or two. It was a really, really solid, efficient game for the Vikings. But I want to reiterate, it was against the Giants. Are you more confident going forward with this team? Or are you afraid it's going to revert back to let's run the ball 25 times and maybe pass it when we have to? Why wouldn't you run the ball 25 times with Dalvin Cook? Well, I'm 100% with you, but they also paid Thielen and Diggs a boatload of money. Yeah, and then they fired the offensive coordinator that actually liked throwing the football. Like I, yeah. I think you're going to see them be a run-first play-action team. Uh, I'm really not expecting a whole lot. I think Diggs, like, I know they say they're not going to trade him. I think if someone offered him a one right now, they they would take it. Like, I, yeah. I, don't, he, he, I don't think his mouth's going to stop anytime soon. No, and that's the new wave of these players. That's a whole other podcast in its own right, pretty much. But um, the way these guys are crying about stuff, he's not going to stop. So, yeah, I'm with you. Really, really tilting. But uh, we'll see see what they can get for Diggs because the first round would be, just, yeah, where do I sign up? That's a heck of a deal. It makes sense. Not even blasphemy. So, Will be interesting to see how that one plays out. Uh, Wayne Gallman concussed. Sterling Shepard's already announced out for this week. It's not looking good there. Uh, Slayton had a, a four catches for 62. Where are we looking to replace some of these guys, Siege? Uh, other teams. Saquon <laughs> um, <laughs> Barkley's returning, I would imagine. He's questionable, uh, but possible, yes. Because I, 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 I believe they play Thursday night, don't they? Yeah, they play the Patriots. Maybe, maybe oh, you should God. be smart to save them the hits. But, yeah, don't play him. There's no need to, for that like 20-point drubbing. As someone who uh, has no Saquon Barkley, feel free to let him get, take some hits from the Pats State. I'm, I'm all for it. Um, but, yeah, no. Uh, Evan Ingram, I think, is the one guy uh, that could have success here. Um, and by success, I mean catching like 10 six-yard passes. Uh, but in PPR formats, that could be good enough. Um, but, yeah, an- another cupcake matchup for the Patriots, huh? It's nice, it's nice to be better than everybody else. 
can't you just wait for as a Patriots fan? And I'm not a Patriots fan, and I, I they're a rival of mine because I'm a sad Dolphins fan. But um, don't you can't you already see the headlines now that the Patriots didn't play anybody and they have a, an easy schedule and they're going to get smoked in the playoffs? I can already see it coming. Uh, yeah, feel feel free to write those headlines. I'm, I'm sure Bill Belichick won't use those for anything. Yeah, not not at all, not at all. Bill would never do something like that. Um, let's go to the afternoon games: Broncos, Chargers. Broncos go into Los Angeles, basically had a home game of their own, won twenty to thirteen. It was ugly. the The big question I have here is: Melvin Gordon got back in the offense, twelve attempts, had like six uh, six catches or six targets at least. Eckler had fifteen catches for eighty six yards. How do you kind of attack these guys week to week? I would imagine Gordon gets even a bigger role next week. I was going to say, this is about as good a game flow as we could ever get for Eckler, and he barely got above 50% of the, of the work. Um, I'm not sure that, you know, there's really much better it can get than that. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I think that that's something worth noting. That I think it actually was good news for Melvin Gordon, just based on how the game went, that he still was even that close. And he caught a bunch of balls, too. I think he had four or five catches of his own. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I think we everyone, everyone kind of knew that Melvin Gordon wasn't going to get all the work we want uh, this week. So I, I think, you know, I'll have more next week. And then I think their buy is shortly thereafter. So after the buy, I fully expect him to be back in the 75% world. Yeah. So basically when that happens, are you even starting Eckler as like a flex option in a PPR league? I mean, where I have him, he's probably still going to be better than what I got. But again, you yeah. need to lower your expectations. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, afternoon games, Packers-Cowboys. This was a good one. Packers 34, Cowboys 24. At least it was good by the final score. There was a lot of coming back and throwing it around for the Cowboys. Aaron Jones, 107 yards, four touchdowns. It's amazing what happens when they finally give him the football because Williams is out. I think for two years now we've been saying give Jones the football. Are you thinking that they've seen what he can be now, even seven catches on this, do they just, even when Williams is back, are you trusting Jones in this role or are you concerned still? I'd sell high. If you could sell Aaron Jones right now, I would sell. Again, really? like we talked about this earlier with Philly, right? Like yep. no matter what it looks like on the field, coaches go back to what makes them feel the most comfortable. And what makes him comfortable is playing two guys. He did it, he did it in LA. He did it in Tennessee when he had Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis. I, I think that's about the separation of talent we have here between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. So, yeah, I, I think you're going to see, you know, Jamal Williams still get his role. Um, so I, I think this is about the time to sell high. I think Aaron Jones has eight touchdowns or something. Four. Yeah, give it to, yes. It should have about seven or eight. Yeah, seven or eight. Like, he's not going to keep that rate up. So, like, his yards per carry haven't been all that great heading into today. I was joking that, like, he was the best three-yard touchdown runner in the history of the NFL because that's all he was doing. Um, you know, and there was no Devontae Adams for this game, too. Like, we should note that. Like, I think everyone's True. like, oh, there was no Jamal Williams. But Aaron Rodgers' number one target wasn't available as well. And we know that he, Aaron that Devo- Aaron loves Devontae. So I think this is as good as it's ever going to get for him. So I would be focusing on selling if I could. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Jones' talent's there, but that's not the way this philosophy works. On the Cowboys side of things, two weeks ago, it was pound the rock with Elliott. Game flow dictated more passing in this one. Cooper balled out, galloped back from his injury. I think I saw three weeks after surgery, and he had a huge game. This offense is so fantasy fun when they throw the football, but you know they paid Zeke. They want to pound the rock with Zeke. Oh. Are you still are you still feeling safe with Zeke back there, or do you think this is more of a passing offense now with the new OC in town and everything? 
I think signing Zeke killed this offense. I think they would call much better plays if they had never signed Zeke. Yeah, I can agree I, with that. I, I, like people say it's because of the opponents. To me, it's been the play calling. Uh, Kellen Moore has just been too reliant on running on Zeke on first downs early in games and getting them behind the eight ball. Um, I, I think it's really kind of hurt his creative play calling. So, I mean, I mean, it's not like whatever. If you have Zeke, you're playing him, obviously. Um, and he did well in this game when he got work. They just were down so early in this game because Dak was throwing really like, what are you thinking interceptions? So yeah, I'm with you there. I, I, I'm, you know, like I'd buy Zeke if I could, but I, 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 God, this offense is so good. If they just, if they could just like pretend Zeke doesn't exist for the first quarter, I think they'd be much better off. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Cause once they do that, it just puts them in a hole. It seems like. And it's super, super tilting. All right, let's go to the Sunday night nightcap. Colts, Chiefs. Colts go into Kansas City, win 19-13. Uh, this, this Chiefs def- or offense has been slowed down two weeks in a row. They've uh, Pat Mahomes came out saying that, you know, these teams did what the Patriots did in the postseason. They're doing a lot more man coverage. This offense works better against the zone. And these teams are slowing them down. And Tyreek Hill will help with that. But um, the offense has been a little slow. Sammy Watkins left with another injury. Pringle had a huge game. Demarcus Robinson was involved. So was Hardman. If Watkins is out again, are you going and picking up Pringle? I'm picking up Pringle, I think, either way. I mean, Tyree Kill's about to return. But this is kind of what I was expecting Pringle to do, like if Tyreek had been suspended for all these games. Um, so he was a guy that, like, early in basketball season, I was picking up in the 18th round. Um, and then once – Tyreek got suspended. I kind of just ignored him. I even dropped him in a couple deep dynasty leagues when he got cut for like two days. Like I cut him and then he got re-signed to the practice squad. And I was like, ah, shoot. And he'd already been picked up by someone. Um, so that kind of hurt. Like these are like really deep dynasties. It's like, oh man, he's good. He, like he could replace Sammy Watkins next year. Really like the talent. I liked him in Kansas State too. That was a, that's a mistake that's going to haunt me probably for a few years. But I, So I would pick him up. I'm not sure if he's going to like be a beast this year. But I'm willing to spend a back on roster spot, like if I have one, to, to bet on the talent there and the offense. But this is one of those games that I kind of just want to write off. Like Mahomes yeah. was hurt. Tyreek was hurt. Watkins didn't make it through warm-ups. They lost that defensive tackle, which was really when the game shifted because the Colts were having trouble running the football. And as soon as he left, they just were able to get five or six yards of carry the rest of the way. And it just put Kansas City in a spot where they never had the football. This is one of those games that just like happens in a course of the season, and the Pats happen to win them. I think Kansas City yes. is going through those learning curves of like, you know, this is a game that they should have been able to still come, still win. Like they should have still been able to win this game. Um, and that's, I think this game is type of game is kind of where it shows the gap between the Chiefs and the Pats still kind of exists. When things go wrong, like you got to be able to pull it out when you're the better team, especially at home on a Sunday night. They're like, I, I thought the Chiefs would find a way to do it, and they just. They kind of kept sputtering close to uh, the red zone as well. So it was really surprising to see this offense sputter. Uh, Damian Williams came back and kind of was definitely reinserted into that number one role. Um, got most of the touches. McCoy kind of got uh, out of the mix. And it was mainly his job. Are you buying back into Damian Williams as the number one there in Andy Reid's offense? You know, it's funny. I was Just when you said that, I, I just realized I hadn't looked at the snap count for week six, and it's not up yet. Um I was just curious if Daryl Thompson outsnapped McCoy. Did you see that? At uh, all? They were very, very, they were very, very close. Let me try to find the uh, 
the tweet yeah. I saw, I think it was Levitan that put it out there. I think I, one I think of the guys. Right. I oh, I got it right here. I got it okay. right here. Uh, John Daigle of Roto World put it out there. Damian Williams, 35 of 63 snaps, nine carries, four targets. LaShawn McCoy, only 14 snaps, no carries, two targets. Darrell Williams, 14 snaps, same as McCoy, and nothing, no carries and no targets. So it's pretty much the Damian Williams show. Yeah, I think Darrell Williams is going to steal those McCoy snaps too. Um, so, I, uh, yeah, I mean, Damian Williams will get hurt again. I'm not a Damian Williams guy, like, and he wasn't even that good in this game. So I think that situation is going to be a mess, you know, if you have him. You're plugging him in your flex and praying, but I think that's kind of all you're doing at this point. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. So be interesting to see with that. Last but not least, on the Colts side of things, Jacoby Brissett, probably not fantasy viable because he just kind of gets it done and does it well. But Marlon Mack had a huge game. Uh, you know, T.Y. Hilton was back kind of quiet. But what what do you like with this Colts offense going forward? Because I think they're going to have some really big games as the, they get some of their softer matchups coming up here. But um, Mac is like the only guy that really stands out outside of Hilton right now for me. I trust Jack Doyle still. Um, guy interfered in a couple plays, had some pass interference calls uh, on some air yards. I, I'm a Jack Doyle tr- believer, so I, I believe in him. And I got to be honest, like I'm using Brissett as a starter in an OC still. Like he, I kind of got stuck there when Andrew Luck retired and really haven't had any reason to pull him. Like he's been perfectly acceptable. So, um uh, I think he's fine if you're desperate. Yeah, and I, I'm with you. I think he's he's not going to hurt you, and he might have those big games where he helps you, uses his legs a little bit, which is always great from a fantasy perspective. So I, I can definitely see it coming. Uh, we have Browns, Niners tonight, just for fun. How do you think the game goes? I have absolutely no idea. How <laughs> it's it's a mess. It's a mess. It, I, I, I suspect my gut tells me the Browns go in there and, and beat down on the 49ers. But, like, if I've been wrong about two teams so far this year, like, from my preseason analysis, one is the Packers, although I still think I'm right. Like, I still think they're not as good as people think they are. And the 49ers, which I'm more willing to admit I might have been wrong on. But I, this, this is one of those games where, like, the Browns goes in there and wins big. I'm like, see, I was right about the 49ers. I didn't <laughs> doubt it myself. So I yeah, think we'll it's a pretty interesting game. Yeah, it should be interesting. It should be it should be entertaining at least with these two offenses. Hopefully, hopefully it's entertaining. Uh, final thoughts here: Do you, Are there any other? We mentioned a few waiver wire guys. You said you were doing waiver wires before this. Any names that kind of stand out to you for the listeners as uh, they get into waiver wires this week? Yeah, let me pull it up. I have it. I have it like two clicks away here. No problem. No problem. It's going to be a, an interesting I, I, week. I literally just compiled like the first draft of names. Um. Duke Williams, I mentioned. DeAndre Washington, I mentioned. Bonifon, I mentioned. Pringle, Darius Slayton, Everett. Oh, um, really sneaky ad. Ryan Izzo for the Pats. Yes, Pats tight end. Mentioned. Um, that's a pretty sneaky one. Um, I think that one's going to go under the radar. I think people will just try to pick up the cost. And I actually think they like Izzo more. Another player I dropped in that super deep dynasty when I was like, oh, he has done nothing. And Watson's about to return and now looks really dumb. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's probably the sneakiest of the ones I've got on the list. Everything else is kind of obvious. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Siege, it's been an honor, man. It's been fun. It was good to, to have you on the show and uh, we'll definitely do it again sometime. But before we wrap it up, remind everybody once again, where they can find you and all your work at Arbor Pro. Yeah. Uh, ArborPro.com. You can follow me on Twitter at the Siege DFS. We've got uh, a DFS side and we've got a season long side. Um, 
really encourage you to try out the season month side. Um, we have a promo code running 33 off 33% off any of our weekly packages. So you can just check us out. Um, we answer a ton of questions, a lot of league specific stuff. We try to focus on like your individual situation in leagues instead of like generic, like this is a cookie cutter waiver wire article. It's like, well, you know, if you have DJ this week, like your priority on chase Edmonds is a little different than someone who's got like three stud backs. So we try to make it more personalized. So encourage you to check it out. Maybe if you're struggling, give it a crack and see if we can help you out here a little bit. Awesome. Everybody go check it out. Uh, Seeds on Twitter at SiegeDFS and good old ArborPro.com. But Siege, thanks for joining me, man. We will definitely do it again sometime. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. This was Bench with Bubba, episode 218, recapping the week five fantasy football action. Looking ahead to week six with CJ Kaltenbach of ArborPro. Catch you guys later. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.